Hey guys, welcome to the Cold Coffee with Charity podcast. This is a space for women to talk about real things with real people. If you find yourself in transition, then pull up a chair. If you're in search for divine grace through each stage of your life, you're in just the right place. As a wife, mom of two precious boys, and an educator, I've experienced life and would love to chat with you. Let's get started. Hey guys, this is the very first episode entitled Miles and Miles Away with Aisha Bolden. She is a wife, mother, and licensed attorney living in Japan and navigating motherhood. I'm so excited for you to hear her story. Enjoy. This is our very first cold coffee podcast chat with Charity. And today I have my very first guest. She's such a sweet girl. Her name is Aisha Bolden, all the way calling in from Japan. Um, and so welcome, Aisha. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hey, Charity. I'm so happy to be here uh, with coffee. And I just think it's such an important topic that I sometimes, especially in this pandemic, we don't have the space to really have these conversations. So I'm, I'm really grateful to be here today and to chat with you. Yes, I'm very excited. As you guys know, we're going to be talking about the fourth trimester. Um, so the postpartum portion of pregnancy and birth and so I have my good friend Aisha here um we actually know each other through our husbands um and we just just clicked very very great (laughs) at the beginning so um I decided I wanted to record with her and so she's going to tell us a little bit about herself so tell us tell the audience a little bit about yourself Aisha your career family um things that that's going on. What are you doing in Japan? Sure, sure. So I am originally from North Carolina, um, born and raised uh, from the Triangle area in Raleigh, North Carolina to be specific, and um, uh, kind of have both deep South roots and Caribbean roots. My mom is Jamaican and my dad is uh, from Mississippi. Um, so always <laughs> love to eat really good food. Um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I am a licensed North Carolina attorney and, um, recently within the last year kind of transitioned to working in human resources Mm -hmm. and I'm in Japan for my husband's job. He's a, um, DOD civilian employee. So we've been here since May of 2018 and we're actually getting ready to head back to the States, uh, this coming May. So, yeah, that's uh, a celebration. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I don't know how you guys feel, but the Clemens household is excited. <laughs> no, we're we're really excited. We um, it's mm-hmm. been it was it was great. I think since we've been on lockdown, we've been stuck in the house, mm-hmm. and it's like mm-hmm. we're stuck in the house. You might as well be stuck in the house closer to home, <laughs> right? So exactly. So um, we're excited, but yeah, I um. Just became a mom last July, so 33-year-old first-time mom, so I think, I don't know, for yeah. some reason, I think, like, the older you are when you become a mom, the harder it is. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's just hard for all of us, and I don't think it's, like, discriminatory of age yeah. <laughs> at all. Um, so, yeah, that's that's a little bit about me, I guess. Um, awesome. Awesome. Yeah, like, tell us, tell us a little bit about motherhood, and, and kind of, like, Walk us through maybe like the last half of your birth story, going home. Um, like, where did you bring them home? Because I believe y'all were in Japan, right? Yeah. So yeah. tell us about that process. Tell us like all the wins and all the challenges you've had in the last 
um, year. So. Sure. So I'll start off kind of a little bit with my, the last half of my pregnancy and our birth story. So, um, you know, as you and your audience may or may not be familiar with the kind of all the statistics and data about the um, disparities between um, the mortality rates between black women. Mm -hmm. So I kind of knew that going into my pregnancy. So I think I was like super vigilant about reading, like what to expect Mm -hmm. and like trying to be healthy Mm -hmm. throughout my pregnancy. Um, So I kind of had that in my head throughout the pregnancy. And I would say we had a relatively routine pregnancy. I did have, um, uh, which I knew going in, I had fibroids. Um, mm-hmm. my OB back in North Carolina, I think first noticed them maybe in 2016, but, mm-hmm. and she just kind of noticed it during a regular pelvic exam. Um, okay. but she, but the classic symptoms, like I didn't have super like painful periods or like, um, really heavy periods. She could just feel it. And so she was like, let me, um, right. she just explained how common they were. And most of the time, um, they're not an issue with conception depending on like the size and location. So I got an ultrasound back in 2016, I think. So she was right. So I had two, one was about a half an inch and one was about, I think three quarters of an inch. And so she was like, you're mm-hmm. healthy. They're fine. She's like, I just wanted to get a gauge yeah. just in case, you know, they grow or whatever. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, conceived late 2019 um, as the baby was growing. So were my fibroids. So what was now, what initially started as like a portion of an inch became like almost by the time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I grew a lot um, during the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So I think it was the hormones. So we ended up, um, so the baby was breech and for most mm-hmm. of the pregnancy and then flipped, but we still couldn't have, um, vaginal delivery because the the size of the fibroid was essentially blocking his exit um so we ended up having a uh scheduled c-section in 39 weeks um okay but beyond that you know it was pretty routine we um were able to go on a kind of baby moon um almost this time a year ago in early march it was a baby anniversary trip so we went to new zealand and fiji and I, yeah, because you guys got married in March, yep. the first of March as yep, well. Yep. So, so everything is like <laughs> maybe we'll have another baby next March. <laughs> um, that's awesome. So so yeah, it was I, so a relatively beyond the fibroid, a relatively um, routine pregnancy. Yeah, and and something really resonated with um, when you opened up about the maternal disparity with African-American culture and community. I actually also have fibroids, but mine, um, like like you said, started out really small and stayed that way. But I did not know after speaking with my OB that that was very common uh, as well with women of color. So that's something that me and you both um, kind of experienced together. Therefore, I mean, you had a, um, you know, a bigger impact on you, but um that is something for the audience. That is another very common thing that occurs in women of color pregnancies. So, definitely. Um, but yeah. but yeah, once once we had the baby, we were it was kind of quick. <laughs> like we were out of the hospital within forty eight hours, and mm. came home, and then it was kind of like, wow, <laughs> we have this little person. We got a baby. <laughs> <We do. laughs> um, 
but I would say some immediate challenges we did. Um, so we did breastfeeding and uh, we did exclusively breastfeeding for about two and a half, three months until I went to work. Mm, and then from there, yeah. we've done exclusive pumping. So I'm still pumping now. Mm-hmm. Um, Yay. Because how old, how, where, how far along are you in that journey? He will be eight months in a couple weeks so the goal is to get to nine yeah. months and then we'll transition uh to formula for the last few months before mm-hmm. he turns one well you stood the test girl <laughs> seriously you have yeah so i think that the breastfeeding pumping journey has been both a challenge and a win i guess um there have been you know i was hopeful to just continue breastfeeding because it's way easier you know not having to worry about bottles and washing and cleaning mm-hmm. and all that stuff but um, mm-hmm. my son has reflux. And so I think mm-hmm. with um, as much as he was spitting up in the beginning, it was hard to breastfeed and not knowing like, you know, he had four ounces, he had five ounces. So I think we mm-hmm. just had a little bit more peace of mind with the pumping and knowing how much he was getting. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. but yeah, so that has been a challenge. And I think one that I didn't anticipate, like, you know, you just kind of hear about breastfeeding and it seems like easy, like, you know, like supernatural. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, mm-hmm. it was more difficult than we anticipated. Um, and, and that's, you know, another consequence of the pandemic. We didn't have access to a lactation consultant. And so, mm. um, so we were kind of doing the best we could. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think, so it was kind of disappointing to not be able to do it as long as we wanted, but, but I'm thankful that I had the supply to kind of pumping and, um, you know, he's still getting like breast yeah. milk for this long. That is awesome. So what were some like resources? What, what did you do basically to just remain steadfast without a lactation consultant and without a lot of resources at your fingertips? Thankfully, a lot of the nurses, um, in the clinic that we gave birth in they weren't like technical lactation consultants like they weren't certified but they um worked on labor and delivery for like years so they had a lot of experience so they Mm -hmm. were a resource um my sister is actually a pediatrician so she knows a lot um and and she has uh lactation consultants on her in her practice that she could talk to and Mm -hmm. um that she provided and then I had a good friend who recently had a baby within like the last six months of um, my son being born. So she had, she had like just been there. Um, so really, yeah. and then, you know, the internet. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we're going to get into that too. Social media, like, or Google. <laughs> like I could not tell you how many times this, so this is my second time as everybody knows pretty much and I can't tell you how many times I am still googling things it's like you would think that you've done it and you know it all but you forget and you know it's only been three years but you just it's it's just new every kid is different yeah. I'm just warning yeah. you every every kid's different so. and it's such a like the internet is such yeah. a blessing in it because I think it's like mm-hmm. it's good there's so much information and it's good to hear like you're not alone and people have had the same struggles but then it's also like information overload mm-hmm. And I think you really have to just, as a mom, know that, like, 
take everything with a grain of salt. Like, even though this may be the recommended course of action, like, you know your child best. So just kind of like weighing those two things. Yeah, I really like that piece of advice. So getting back to motherhood, um, were there any, I'm sure there's plenty of wins, but since you've shared, is there any more challenges? I know we're going to get into the pandemic and all of that, um, but any more challenges you want to share and a a win or two that you would like to share? So let's go, let's start with the challenges. So I think for me, um, being it's so strange because you know you have nine months to prepare but I think I was really mm-hmm. not prepared for the sleep deprivation part of having a baby um, so that was tough yeah. and I think not having mm-hmm. um and we'll get into it but not having like extended family to be able to like help and you know my husband's mm-hmm. so you know we were doing everything and so I think um that part was rough because I think just like everything like if I didn't get if we didn't have a good night like I feel like I was irritable and I just think it like kind of affected like every mm-hmm. other aspect um and just and just oh, yeah. you know, less able to to really be responsive and like in the moment um and you're kind of sleep deprived mm-hmm. and then I think for me the like being sleep deprived kind of increased like my anxiety about everything like oh no like you mm-hmm. know he's five times is he okay do we need to go to the doctor you know but if yeah. I had like a good night's rest yeah. I could put things in more in perspective like we'll be okay um yeah. so that was difficult um I think also along the same lines is like the um again underestimating just like what that transition to motherhood looks like and you know mm-hmm. obviously you're taking care of this like beautiful blessing of a child but I think you don't realize mm-hmm. until like how much you lose like free time and just like doing other activities and doing Mm. other and so I think as time goes on you recognize that it really is just a season and it goes by so fast but I think initially that was like yeah a challenge yeah I really resonate with that it's just a season (laughs) me and my husband Jermaine and I, we've, that's been our theme <laughs> in the last few weeks. It's just a season. It's just a season. You know, the, the laundry's everywhere. You know, the, the living room's a mess right now. But it's just a season, you know. And it's so hard to remember exactly. that as a parent, exactly. as a mom. And when you're in it, like, it is in the so hard. It, it's like, it's difficult. But now, and I act like I'm a pro, like my son's only like seven and a half months old. But once you get past some of the... Right phases mm-hmm. then you kind of get like more perspective like okay you know this too shall pass yeah. yeah yeah and I guess that's a win is you got yeah, past it yeah. you know so for us so I guess um so kind of going along with that we had he had a significant kind of like that three to four month sleep regression was rough um at that point he was still in our room in the bassinet and he he did mm-hmm. from from be, being relatively young he would sleep like maybe four or five hours at night a stretch at a time and mm-hmm. go back down pretty easily like after he would um, nurse or take a bottle and during that regression he was like waking up like every hour and a half every two hours through the night and it was kind of oh, unexpected because we're thinking oh as he gets older he's gonna like we thought he was on the verge of like yep. sleeping like six seven hours so that was like so the first 
week and a half we were chugging along and then it got like oh man we are so tired and so I talked to my sister and initially mm. she had said I would hold off on sleep training until he's four or 16 pounds whichever comes first because then they're like mm-hmm. they have the um kind of like developmentally they can self-soothe and like physiologically I guess right. they have enough calories that they can go that long of a stretch so when I told her like how bad you know his night wakings were becoming she was like I think you guys need to move him out into into his own into the nursery mm-hmm. and just start sleep training now yeah um and so we did that for like two nights <laughs> and he was he was good to go mm-hmm. yeah he was fine. was fine and so we actually did all yeah. we did all the transition kind of at once so we moved him into his room um did the sleep training and um removed the swaddle because he was like fighting to get out of that yeah you know what i thought was going to be this huge ordeal was actually relatively quick and and the benefits um kind of came quickly as well so that was like a challenge but also a really it really felt like a really good win yeah that is definitely a win and thank goodness you have your sister <laughs> with a, a wealth of knowledge and yes you know it's like it's kind of like I don't know how you are as a mom but it seems like you it, you're you're scared to actually do yes. it you know like to go through those transitions you're like oh no something new is coming up and we got to do this but so that is yeah, a huge win yeah. that you know you 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 it, pursued that yes, and, and it, that it worked is out like, kind of like you hit the hit nail on the head like skit like with me maybe not so much fear but I guess it is a fear but like a sometimes and I'm not no, normally like this but like a decision paralysis like there's so many options like I don't know which way to go mm. and that's kind of like I think part of the reason why yeah. I've been pumping so long is because I'm like, I don't, there's so many formula options. It's all kind I know. Of- <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, it's like, let's just yeah, figure exactly, it out. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, I definitely get it. Kind of um, tell us a little bit about um, the fourth trimester being so far away from home. Like what is, what's that that like? I think that's probably was the most difficult. Like, you know, we were, my husband and I thankfully both had, um, he actually had paid um, parental leave through um, the whole time that he was home. So I think the first eight weeks and Mm -hmm. I took 12, but my whole 12 weeks weren't paid. Um, But during that time, like we just, it was just kind of like survival, like in the trenches, like we had co-workers who helped bring us um you know food and so that was really helpful but just with like everything like laundry and keeping up the house together and like you know like us both getting showered like those early days like not having Mm. just those extra set of hands you know and not having yeah yeah um, and even just like the just like the companionship because so my so I took I was off 12 weeks and Mm -hmm. I think my husband was off eight weeks so those last four weeks where I was just home mm-hmm. with the baby, like, I was just like, oh, I would love some company. Like, you know, just having my mom or my sister on the couch, right. and girlfriends. And, you know, we have, you know, we have friends here, but one, it's not the same. And the two in the middle of COVID, you know, we didn't, you don't know how vigilant other people are. Um, and so it's like, you don't want to exactly. have people in your space with a newborn. Um, and so, so yeah, so it was just, 
it was difficult I think the physical isolation but then also just not having like the practical and emotional support like here was difficult yeah yeah because it's almost like it it kind of goes hand in hand with parenting during the pandemic too because you know there's you know different people have um you know feel more comfortable and others don't and and so um like my family really has we have taken this very serious and um we have not been around family and friends like that and that is very lonely and when you have a a newborn um and you're like I just want to shower (laughs) you know I just want to take a shower you know just those basic human needs um it's difficult you know when you're when it's just you and your husband and and then of course you know your husband went back to work and and mine mine is back too and and so that is it is very different it is very different so um so yeah it was it was it was tough being so far away but um but you know we made it (laughs) yeah exactly what about pandemic because I I think all of that kind of ran in together like when your son was born where were we in the pandemic so he was born early uh, July 13th so we were kind of at least in Japan in that Japan was weird because Japan you know the pandemic started in Asia um but Japan Mm -hmm. at the so like in March is kind of when it hit the fan worldwide um but Japan was trying to hold the Olympics Mm -hmm. last summer so they were kind of like on, that. you know a little bit in denial <laughs> like they I think didn't even cancel the Olympics I think until like April May so um by then by the time my son was born everything was kind of still um on lockdown as far as the, the U.S. base where we both worked um and the restrictions as far as having to wear um mask and, and social distancing and all of that um, and so I, time, I think my husband had been working, actually was just off on paid administrative leave from March up until, okay. I think right when he was born is when they started going to the office on rotational schedule. Um, and so I had been working remotely mm-hmm. and from March up until I went on leave as well. So it was, it was, we were kind of in the thick of it. So pretty, um, like you said, really, we were taking it very seriously, very cautious, very vigilant. Like even when people were dropping off food, they just kind of, um, a coworker of mine just had a cooler out on our porch. Um, so people would just like send a text mm-hmm. message and just leave, leave um, the food at the door. And some of our coworkers that really wanted to see him, like we would just like, you know, step away from the door and they would just like look <laughs> yeah like peek you like yeah, barely yeah. open the door and peek so Hi. so yeah so even now so it's gotten better there was a surge kind of around December but now the cases are, are lower again but even now he's still only um you know it's just me and my husband um yeah, we do like a nanny share, so we see the nanny, and there's one other baby there. So it's like the, those are the four people he's in contact with, and he. Okay, so he's not like in a traditional no, daycare no. preschool setting or anything was, like that. Was just the nature okay, of, okay. Uh, where we are. The 
huge wait list and um because we work on a military base active duty gets priority um so we just couldn't get in um yeah and then yeah so yeah so beyond that those four people and going to the doctor's office like we don't take him out from the grocery store like like he really like we yeah nope. like he will do walks here. some days that it's nice so we'll do outdoor activities but beyond that he hasn't been inside of a restaurant a mall <laughs> nothing yeah i know oh i know like you are my, your husband and my <laughs> husband are definitely best friends <laughs> yeah yes. like same yes. people um but yeah so like you know you're like oh my god my kid's never gonna like see a zoo ever again you know like um you know when you're married to to men that believe in science and trust science and look at numbers and data I mean that's that's just what it is um but kind of one of those things where when something like that beyond your control that you have to control what's within your control you know like we can minimize our risk as best as we can so that's you know that's what we're gonna do yeah that's definitely definitely the song we've been preaching over here too and um like it's it's very different like so during the day he goes with the nanny um but like weekends you have lots of weekends so tell us like any creative things you guys do to like pass time with with him Uh, it's so funny because like on the first ultrasound we got which was like eight or nine weeks and it was funny because they like prepped us like sometimes you can't even hear the heartbeat this early but like, he was moving around <laughs> and so the the um tech was like oh he's a wiggly little peanut and he pretty much has been that way the uh-oh. entire time like, he does not sit still unless he's napping or sleeping <laughs> so he's always moving wow um, so he loves like just moving so um now that he's mobile like rolling yeah. crawling, so he'll just like um he loves his little play yeah. gym he has a bouncer um we on the weekends we actually yeah. i'm sure this is probably not great but we'll like facetime friends and family so he he um yeah particularly like yeah. his my my mother-in-law she, he loves talking to her like every time he laughs mm-hmm. she laughs so the Aww. the mornings are like y'all's evenings do that like after we wake up and do our morning routine um and so and on on the computer um what else do we do we try to minimize tv um we'll go outside he likes being outside he loves the carrier um yeah so we do that and sometimes like i'll just include him on my my around the house task like just carry in and do laundry and yeah you know sweep and get things done um yeah yeah full on mommy <laughs> he actually mode. really likes it. food I like even though he doesn't know it. what it is i don't know if it's like the aroma so okay. he loves being in the kitchen like when my husband's cooking yeah um and so so yeah and he just does what we do <laughs> Yeah, that's that's super cool. That's super cool. Um, well, I've really enjoyed this. One of the things, though, I would love to provide this space to, um, if there's just one girl that hears this that's about to go into motherhood or, you know, even a mom of two or three that is like, oh, I've never thought about that. I want to have a space to provide some helpful t- tips and valuable tips um, 
And if there's anything you're doing um, that you would like to share um, that would be helpful, this is kind of like the time where we wrap it up and, and share, um, whether it's books, resources, social medias that you follow, um, you know, anything, you know, as an attorney, you may have some, some readings or some things that we don't know about, but um, is there, you know, if there was two valuable tips or resources you could give a first time mom, um, so um, what would you, it be? Um, one, it's so funny because okay. we, my husband and I did premarital counseling and I'll joke with my friends. I feel yeah. like you need to do like pre baby counseling. Cause I feel like that shift oh man I am (laughs) dropping the mic I I don't mean to cut you off but I am dropping the freaking mic on that that just go ahead though transition for us even you know then getting married moving around the world like having a baby I think um is it's so it's so strange because our in ways that like like you mentioned my husband is an engineer very rigid like very you know deliberate intentional Mm -hmm. like very exact about certain things and I've gotten used to that girl I cannot wait until y'all get back over here I'm serious (laughs) I'm just like I cannot wait I'm just sitting here like I'm just sitting here like yep yep yeah but it's kind of strange because in and I'm kind of been like more lay black lay back go with the flow spontaneous not as like planning but in having a kid our dynamics and personalities kind of shifted like I became super tied to like routine and schedule and he became kind of like more relaxed and so that was like a weird (laughs) shift in our (laughs) dynamics and how we interacted and I think also just like even I think the best relationships are or tested by having a newborn and I think you have to like really be explicit in like communicating your needs and thinking you can't just assume your partner knows like what you need mm. um and so I think just mm. kind of having those conversations before the baby comes and like how to distribute labor like how hands-on are you going to be like just so that like you're not having these conversations mm. at like two o'clock in the morning everybody's stressed and sleep deprived and like you know emotional um mm. so I think that would be one. And then the other tip I would, I would say is like, obviously like, you know, your mommy friends are great, great resources. I would stick with like mommy friends that have had babies recently. Like I have friends that like have kids, school age kids, and they don't remember. (laughs) Like you'll ask them things. (laughs) That's what I was telling you. It's like, I'm starting over, um, girl. Like, so I think it's helpful about? but to have a balance of like mom, like non-mommy friends. Like we have, um, I have a group chat with uh, mm. three of my uh, girlfriends from college. And so two of us are married with kids and, and then two of them are single. But like we would still have, you know, our chats throughout the days. But then on every other weekend, we would have like a group FaceTime. And I think that was so helpful because we didn't like dominate, like talking about kids stuff all the time, you know, like we were just talking about life and politics Mm. and, um, you know, dating for my single friends and it, it kind of helps you maintain balance and and remember that you have an identity and a life outside of being a mom. Um, and so I think 
you know, trying to maintain mm. as much as you can and you don't have, you know, as much free time, but maintain all of your relationships. Um, I think that's helpful to kind of maintain your identity. Um, last thing, which we've already touched on, is just kind of taking everything um, that you read and all the advice you're given with a grain of salt. Because even if it's something is helpful for 90% of babies, like your child could be in the 10% where it's not helpful. So like, um, it's just important to kind of trust your instinct and in, in, in gut on that. Um, so for instance, like one thing I struggle with is like our, our you know, daytime routines. Um, and so everything you read says like, follow this, like eat, wake, sleep model, you know? And so we were doing that, but because mm-hmm. my son has reflux, um, any sort of activity, which he was always on the move, pretty much like made him spit up more. So we finally just shifted and just did eat, mm-hmm. play. And he was able to like keep all, most of his food down sleeping because he was still. And, and yeah, and we, Look, whatever yeah, works. Seriously, like, oh, no, whatever works for you. Without a bottle or whatever, because they say it creates bad habits. But we really haven't run into that, and so I think you just have to kind of trust, mm-hmm. trust what you know is going to work for your family and your. It's not even if it's against you know the majority opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely, absolutely. I love that. Is there any cool like social media uh, people or any cool mommy experts or? Uh, articles or or books you've um, so read during funny, this time like, that you were like bought share books with us. that people recommend. I think Sleepwise was one, um, and mm-hmm. I don't know what I was doing. <laughs> I think I spent too much time when we were on lockdown while I was pregnant, just like binge watching TV. Like I don't know why I thought I would have time to read it while I had a baby. Yeah, <laughs> so, like I didn't. <laughs> I didn't actually. Oh, I know. I know. <laughs> I it's know, like, right? oh yeah, read this so book. Oh, win. Get a chance to read a whole lot of things. Um, <laughs> I wish I did though. <laughs> um, and I don't follow yeah. a lot of yeah. Like, no, I get it. I follow Psyched Mommy, um, and I think she's helpful, um, mm-hmm. just with like I've kind of this of mental health aspect of things, and and just kind of giving you, I think, mm-hmm. like for mm-hmm. me, the biggest thing is like seeing being validated and being seen like oh this is normal you know um and particularly with like all the emotions that you have mm-hmm. and not wanting to seem like ungrateful mm-hmm. or unappreciative for this huge blessing it's like you can be both tired and grateful mm-hmm. you know like you can have both these differing kind of experiences mm-hmm. and everything is valid and it doesn't mean you love your child less and so I think she's really good um but yeah, beyond that, I don't follow a whole lot of babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that's probably very healthy. Um, yeah, that's probably very healthy. Well, I will say that I have learned so much just in this quick 30-minute conversation with you, Aisha. I've learned a lot about you, more about you and your family, and then also just... Um, how you coped with motherhood. And I will say that, you know, if there's anybody listening, I'm sure that they're going to take some value for, for what you've um, spoke on today. So thank you so, so much for taking out time out of your busy schedule to just chat about mommyhood. And 
um, I'll be ready to do it again one day. <laughs> um, so you just hit me up and let me know and we can do this again. Um, and so thank you. you. No thank you so problem. much. And thank you. For have a great afternoon. You guys, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. I know I did. And as I reflect on our conversation, one of the very important things that is just sticking out with me is taking everything with a grain of salt. Aisha really spoke about, yes, speaking to friends and colleagues and and experts and also researching, but doing what's best for you and your baby and your family. I do like to end every episode with an affirmation. So if you're in a in a calm place, just take a deep breath in and take a, a exhale out. And I want you to say these words with me. I am doing the very best I can. Have a great day. <laughs>